Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Hey, uh, uh, this is the first time in my life I've ever preached on Mother's Day. Isn't that cool? Okay, I've never done it before. And um, can I just tell you something? Ladies, I was really stressed about my sermon this week. I was like really stressed. I'm like, God, what do I say? Um, apart from I love my mom. She's awesome. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here, which I, I wished my mom. She's over in Australia celebrating Mother's Day there. And uh, I, I was praying and praying and praying. I'm like, God, what can I say today to these wonderful mothers who give and give and give? And, and bring a word that can encourage them and help them, but also a word that everyone in the church, whether you're a mother or a father or a brother or a son or whatever you are, would, would it, this, this word would, would help everyone here. Um, so here's what I came up with, okay? Are you ready? All right. Uh, the title of my sermon is this, When It All Depends On You. When It All Depends On You. Have you ever gotten to a point in life where you realize that if something's going to happen, it all depends on you. Um, there's, a, there's a lady in the Bible called Sarah. Sarah was Abram's wife, and God had promised to Abram, and he had spoken to Abram, but he hadn't really spoken to Sarah. But the, the, the fulfillment of the promise was actually dependent on whether or not Sarah could conceive a child and have a child. Okay, so um, in Genesis chapter 11, chapter 11, verse 30, it says this. It's, it's kind of like a bit of a downer. Okay, now Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive. Now Sarah was childless because she was not able to conceive. Have you ever gotten to a situation where there is something that's got to happen, but you're not able to conceive of it? Have you ever gotten to a situation where you're the one that needs to come up with the goods but to, to fulfill it for someone else, but you're not able to actually come up with those goods in order to fulfill the promise? And you're the one that has the egg on your face because you're not able to do it. It's all right for Abram to have a promise. But what about Sarah, who couldn't have a child, who no matter how much they tried, there was no baby. There was no results what happens when it all depends on you and no matter how much you try no matter how much you perform no matter how much you put in it still doesn't happen what do you do then that's what I want to talk about today with Sarah because she was in that position now I have to I have to for those of you who don't know the rest of the story there's a very very well-known story that gets preached about a lot in church circles Sarah did eventually have a child she did eventually. I mean, she was old. She was like old. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, I feel old because I'm now 40, okay? But she was 90, okay? I don't, 
you're, that's old, okay? It's just like, there's no argument anymore. By the time you get up to 90, it's like, don't even be offended, okay? You're old, all right? At 90, <laughs> okay? <laughs> there comes a point where it's like, you know, you've got to accept the reality. She was old, okay? In fact, the Bible said that she was, <laughs> in Hebrews, it said that she was as good as dead, <laughs> okay? Okay? It's like, okay, Bible, thanks for the encouragement here. Uh, okay, so God waited until she was as good as dead and, and, and to, to, to be the one that would get the glory, to be the one that, that would bring about this miracle. So she eventually got the baby. She eventually had a child. But, um, but, 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 but I want you to hear something. On the, on the journey towards the promise was the test of faith. You have children, mums, okay? And you have a promise about your children. And you have a promise about the lives that they're going to have. If you really listen to God, if you take, take time to, to seek Him out and to wait on God and to hear His voice, if you don't know how to do that yet, we can teach you how to do that. That's what we're all about. We want people to hear the voice of God. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus. And, and in that place, God will give you a promise about your life, about the, the ones that you lead, about the ones that, are, that you're in charge of. And, the, and, and you will find mums, that you will be in a position at a lot of times which you didn't realize that you were going to be, but a lot depends on you. You know, uh, I, I read an article this week about, about um, how, how in the prison system in the US, uh, there's, there's, been a, there's just this article about an, an author who was, who was actually in prison. Okay, he's in prison. He got put in prison for, uh, for two counts of murder. Sounds, sounds like a nice guy. But he, he's now kind of turned his life around. He's writing from prison. And he says, there are, there are um, some words that if you ever say them, they will change the course of what a person in prison is about to do if they're about to you know, go and have a fight or do something that you do in prison. It's, it's these words. What would your mother think? What would your mother think? It stops men growing men, murderers, you know, the worst of all, in their tracks. It doesn't matter who they are. What would your mothers think? You know, a lot rides on the job of a mum. And I think, I think the, one, of the, one of the situations that we find in lives, which is kind of sad, is that there are so many unspoken expectations put on women, particularly mothers. And so much is responsibility is given, but there's no power. And we see Sarah in this position, where so much responsibility was given to her, so much was riding on her. In fact, the whole promise was on her being able to conceive, but she wasn't able to. And it's this tension, it's this place that we find ourselves in, where we're not able to come up with the goods, that we have to make a choice. And the choice is between fear and between faith. The choice is between fear and the choice is between faith. In these moments when we are not able to control. I mean, isn't it, if we're not, you know, if we get into these situations where, where we're not able to control things. You know, I, I go on a, a lot about this, um, but I'm going to say it again. You know, religion gives us the idea that we can control things, right? Oh, you can control God. Just go and say these 10 mantras. Go and do this thing and that thing and that thing and the other thing. And, and you're going to have this magic wand that you can control God. No, you can't. 
You can't control God. Our, 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 our walk with God is a relationship. It's not a religion. It's not a, it's not a magic potion. And you can see this in Sarah's life. See, Sarah... In her struggle towards the promise, she didn't at first choose God. She didn't. She did what I probably would have done. Okay? She did what most human beings would have done. Instead of going to faith, she went to fear. She went to fear. And it was out of impatience. It was, I mean, and I get it. I think if I was like that age, I would be impatient too. The extremities of this story are just astounding. Right? It's it's one of these stories in the Bible you just go, God, you took so long. You took so long. But we can learn from this. We can learn from it. Because if you've got a promise from God, you can hold on to it. And that's what we can learn. But it's not about the promise. You have to understand this. It's not about the promise. We, we worship the promise. We worship the results. We worship what we're going to get. But we don't know that God is actually working in the process. It's in the process that she is, she is having her heart altered by God himself. It's in the process that you're going to find that where, where you come up against the things you cannot control. And who knows, in raising kids... There are things that you cannot control. Some of you like, I don't have kids. Well, you're going to experience it. You're going to experience I can tell you, there are going to be things in your children that no matter how much you want to control, you know, your, the behavior of your child when you're out in public, they're going to do something that's, you know, embarrassing. The other week, uh, we were at a wedding, and there, there, was, a, uh, there was a young lady whom had a problem, an issue with her arms. They hadn't formed properly in the womb. And, uh, and Willow was talking to her. And Willow says, What's wrong with your arms? <laughs> you can't control some things. You can't control life. Doesn't matter what you try. And when, you, when you're in a situation where a lot is riding on you, and when there is a lot depending on you being able to perform, you better know your God. You better know who God is. Because if you don't, if you don't, you're going to go to performance. You're going to go to self-reliance. And it's in those moments where we begin to see the facade of life begin to crack. And that's what happened for Sarah. See, what Sarah said I haven't got time to, to go through the, all of the scriptures. You can read it. It's in Gen- it's, it kind of starts around Genesis 16, and it goes on from there if you want to do that for your own study. But, but <clears throat> uh, what happens with Sarah is she gets an idea. She gets an idea. See, they have, a, they, have a, they have a maid, a handmaiden. Her name is Hagar. Hagar. It's a pretty name, isn't it? Hagar. Hagar. Or Hagar. <laughs> really nice name. But poor at Hagar, she's this innocent uh, kind of maid. And Sarah comes up with an idea and says, you know what, Hagar? And this was the custom of the day that if a wife wasn't able to conceive, that 
it was kind of a legal custom. It wasn't according to the Bible. It was just, you know, society accepted this as the norm. That, that one could go to their handmaiden and have a child through that handmaiden as long as um, that handmaiden became a concubine and like was married and given to the... To, so Sarah comes up with this, this idea. Why don't I let uh, Abraham go and sleep with Hagar and that way I can have my own child? See, she takes control of the situation. You understand? She schemes. You know, when we don't go to God, what we begin to do is we scheme. And, and, and mothers, I want you to hear this. When we're not going to God, but we're going to scheming. When we're coming up with plans because God has let us down. You know, this is the thing. You will come to a point where you will probably say, God has let me down because I was going to dot, 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 dot. I had this plan, dot, 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 and it hasn't happened. Sarah comes to that place. It's in the Bible so that we can actually understand what to do at those moments. It basically, this story is there so we can look at Sarah and go, don't scheme. Don't get self-reliant on those points. Don't you, because you will get to a point where you'll say, God, you are not faithful to me. I don't know why you're faithful to her and her. And Look at her kids. They don't have ADD. And they don't, they, look at the scores that they're getting on, the, on, their, on their, um, their academic status and all of those sorts of things. Look, God, look at them. Look at what, how, how, come, how come I'm, what's wrong with me? What have I done? And we begin to scheme, right? Don't scheme. Because our scheming most often will lead to conflict. And that's what happens with, with Hagar. See, what happens is Hagar, she gets pregnant to Abram. A child gets, gets conceived. A child is born. And from that point on, because of Sarah's scheming, she introduced conflict into her life that God never wanted for her. But by her own choices... She had to live with the consequence of something that was never meant to be. Listen to me. When we begin to scheme, when we begin to bring out... See, when, and, and you will scheme when, when things are out of your control. And you will scheme when God has let you down. Oh God, I haven't got this yet. And so we begin to walk our own path because God has let us down. Let me tell you something. It will lead to conflict. It will lead to conflict. It led to a horrible conflict for, for, for and, it, and, and, and Hagar, this poor lady, is like this outcast. She was probably, you know, a faithful servant woman, probably the best help that Abraham and Sarah had ever had, but she became an enemy, made a victim of someone. Scheming always leads to conflict. It always leads to conflict. And how many... In our own lives, I know in my own life, how many conflicts could have I been saved from had I just trusted God? Had I just trusted Him? Had I just waited for Him rather than jumping ahead and doing my own thing? How many stories would not be present in my life had I just waited? How many things that I wish didn't happen had I just waited on God yet I mean, we find this in the large things in our lives and the small things in our lives. But it isn't, see, you've got to understand, it's not about the promise, it's about the process. So many of us, I, I, me included, we, we jump the process because we want the promise. 
Maybe, guys, the promise hasn't come yet because God is trying to tell you something. Maybe the promise hasn't happened yet because, because there is a process, there is a, there, is a, there is a refinement that is happening in your life where all of the stuff that is surfacing as a result of this process is meant to come up. But the moment we choose other than God, we, we, we actually bypass the process. And we might end up with something that looks like the promise, but because it's not of God, it'll be something else. Can I, can I, can I read you a scripture? It's Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah 28, 16. Now, the first half of this... So, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See... I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with pain, with panic. The one who relies on this is in reference to Jesus. I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone. For a sure foundation, the one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. Even when you get to 90 years old like Sarah and you still haven't conceived the promise, listen to me, God is faithful. God is faithful. Now I'm going to read you another scripture. It's from Romans 14.23. This one's a little bit of a difficult one. Now this was in reference to something else that the author was talking about. But the, I, I want to bring to your attention the last part of this. This was talking about another subject into, into, into um, you know, there was people who had become believers in Christ and they weren't sure whether they should, you know, eat meat or not eat meat or whether they should drink, uh, you know, certain drinks and whether or not if, if, a, if food had been sacrificed to an idol, whether or not they should eat it or they shouldn't eat it, you know, and, and Paul... You can read it, it's in, it's in Romans 14. Um, and Paul comes to this conclusion, okay? This is the concluding thought that he has about it. But whoever has doubts is, con is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, okay? I want you to hear this, their eating is not from faith, okay? And everything that does not come from faith is... Now, that's the point I want to talk about. Everything that doesn't come from faith in God is sin. Now, that's a hard word. See, when you, when you start to scheme outside of the things of God because God has let you down and you will come to a point where you feel that God has let you down and you begin to justify yourself and say, well, God has let me down, so, well, I, it's time for me to take up my own, uh, my own baton here. I'm going to pick up and pull up my socks and it's, if it's going to be, it's going to be up to me, right? And we begin to walk in that way. Let me tell you something, you're walking into sin. That's why it walks in, that's why as you walk into sin, you walk into strife. Because anything that's outside of the will of God is sin. Oh, I thought sin was like all the naughty things I did. I don't, I don't you know, I don't smoke, I, I don't chew, I don't date girls who do. I'm a good person, you know, you, I, I give to charities, I, I do this, I do that. I, no, no, listen, sin is not about your moral behavior. You've got to understand this. Sin is not about morality. Sin is about choosing outside of the will of God. That's what sin is. Anything outside of the will of God for your life is sin. Now, let me tell you something. I struggle with sin. You know why? 
I, I struggle with sin every second of the day because they're my own self, my own being, who I am. I want to do everything myself. I don't naturally. I am not built to naturally just do the will of God. When someone cuts me off on the road, I sin. Okay, I not, may not say it, but there are some thoughts that run through my head that are like the captions, you know. Oh, you know, I control. All the, there, will, there will be sin in your life you can't control, people. There will be. Uh, it's just the way it is. Don't, don't get too ahead of yourself with, 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 your, with your self-righteousness. If you really, really test your heart, you'll find there is sin. There is stuff in you that does not honor God. I mean, you know, just wait for someone to offend you and see what comes out. Just wait till someone crosses your path. I mean, it's all good and well. We put all the people that we like around us. But let's, let's talk about your enemies for a minute. What's going on there? Okay. I, I don't mean to press too much, but I want you to understand we have, a, we have a problem with sin. And we choose outside of God so often. And it's that which leads us to strife. It's that which leads us to conflict. Now, in the bigger blocks of life, this is what happened to Sarah. It made sense. I can't have a baby. There's no, no laws against me taking Hagar, getting Abraham to get her pregnant. Then I'll have a child. I'll take the child. It'll be mine. It's kind of like a surrogate mother, mother sort of thing. But what did it lead to? It led to something that was outside of the promise of God. Now here's the deal. We have to live with the things that we create that are outside of the promises of God. But you know what? God will still be faithful. God will still be faithful. And He was. When we find ourselves in a position where our scheming is not working, where we're trying to do this and doing that, and we've, we've and, and, and you know, it's okay to be ambitious, it's okay to have plans, it's okay to do all of these sort of things, but let me tell you something. If you're outside of God's will, you're in sin. There's no other, I, I, wish there was, I wish there was some gray area for you all, but there's not. There's not. I would love to preach about, the, I think this church would be bigger if I preached about the gray areas, you know. Oh, it's okay, well, I understand, you know, it's, I get it, you know, it's, it's hard for you. Sin is sin, and it only leads to destruction, okay. In the process, we have to remember this scripture, see, I lay a stone in Zion. A tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. If you're going to panic in your strife, you're going to have to make a concerted effort to come to God and rely upon Him. We, 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 we have to train ourselves. This is our job. To instead of going to our things that we do, instead of going to the controls of life in the, in, in, in the face of panic, we go to Him. This will be the greatest lesson you, all of us, will ever learn. Those who wait upon the Lord, wait, wait, wait upon the Lord. Oh, but God, I want this to happen and I want that to happen. Wait. 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 
This is called faith. Relying on this sure foundation is the definition of what faith is. Instead of relying on yourself, instead of relying on what you can do, we rely on Him. This will be the test of faith. And can I, can I, can I um, share something with you? This is how you can apply this to your life. There's two things. The test of faith will come in obeying God's word. You know, we have, this is God's word here, the Bible. Hmm. When so much is depending on us, when so much is riding on our abilities to perform, and we get to a point where we cannot control, the thing that will be tested is your faith, and how it will be tested will be with this. You know, with religion, we get really pragmatic. Do you understand this word pragmatic? I call it religious pragmatism. Religious pragmatism goes kind of like this. I tried it. It didn't work. So now, that gives me license to go and try something else. I, I, or religious pragmatism sometimes goes like this. It's not really what God requires of us in this modern day environment. Things have changed. Culture's changed. This is different. That's different. You know, this person is like that and that person's like that. And so, so you know, the Bible, it doesn't really make any sense anymore. That's religious pragmatism. You'll find you'll come up to a point where you will want to bend the rules. It's religious pragmatism now when you choose outside of God's word you're sinning you're you're not obeying God's word and there's a lot to be said in the word when you're bending the rules because you've given up on God you'll end up like Sarah where you'll give birth to something that was never meant to be in your life there will be trouble birthed in your world. There will be conflict birthed in your world that was never meant to be there. Oh man, how, how many times have I, I mean, on the small things and the large things. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, when we give our hearts to Jesus, He gives us the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the law is written on our hearts. There has been moments, right, where I've been in conflict, where I felt the Holy Spirit, when I'm about to say something, say, don't say that. Uh, has anybody ever had this? Like you've just had this sense where you're about to say something to someone and it's usually in a fight and it's usually something that's really funky and really good that's going to get them into a corner, maybe sometimes with my wife or something like that, you know, where I'm like having that and, I'm, and I feel the Lord say, don't say that. No, God, I can, I can do my own thing. I'm going to say it. So blah, 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 I say it. And it gives birth to a whole new level of conflict because I said, and if I hadn't have said it, if I hadn't have gone ahead and done that, things would be different for me. You give birth to sin. See, sin will lead to sin. And we have to choose God. And you will want to bend the rules. Trust me. But when the rules are in conflict with what we want to do, where does that lead us? Where is that supposed to lead us when we get to that point? Do we give up on God? No. When we come to that point where we are out of control, we are not able to make things happen. When so much is riding on us, and yet we're not able to perform, 
that is the point where we come to the cross. That is the point where we come in repentance and we say to God, God, I so want this to happen. I don't know why it's not happening. God, I so want this to happen. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why, God. And Lord, I want to go and do my own thing. Will you forgive me? I repent. We repent. We come to the cross. And then you say this, God, you're my only hope. I'm not my only hope, God. You are my only hope. I've tried everything, God. But we bypass that so often. And we get ourselves into a place where we shouldn't be because we bypass the gospel. And the gospel is, don't rely on yourself, rely on God. Don't rely on what you can do, rely on God. And this will, you, there will be a wall that you come up against and you, it will be like, sometimes it's like a physical wall that you like won't be able to get through. And you'll be like, I want to get through this wall. I just want it. I want my victory. I want my promise. I want my this. I want my that. And God has brought you to that wall because he's teaching you something. And it's only taught in the gospel. It is not taught in your scheming. You might think you can get yourself over that wall, but let me tell you something. Anything that's outside of God is sin. Don't be fooled because the enemy, he wants to. I'm not telling you this so you can be all guilty. Oh, we're all sinners. No, no, I'm, I'm warning you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Wait. Rely on God. That is the test of faith. Faith is reliance. Here's what it leads to. See, faith leads to peace. In Philippians, Philippians 4, verse 5 to 7, it says this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, everybody say every. But in some situations. But in the situations in which you choose. In the little things, not the big things, not the, you know, not the big things in life, just some of the things. In every situation, by prayer and petition. Prayer means seeking God, petition means asking God. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And here's the promise. Now this promise comes no matter what. Verse 7. And the peace of God. Anybody here want peace? And the peace of God. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. You can have peace without the promise. Your peace won't be found in the promise. So, so many people have got the promise. And yet they've still got no peace. They've got that final thing. That they've always been wanting for. They've always been going for. Yet they've got no peace. See, God is not about the promise. He's about the peace. You've got to understand this. You've got to understand this. The peace is the jewel. The peace is the gold. When you come to God and wait and let Him be God and lay yourself at His altar and, say, and come to a place where you go, I totally rely on you no matter what happens here. God, you are King of kings. There is a peace that comes. And this peace... It transcends all understanding. Your friends might say, no, but look at your life, look at this, look at that. People might say it. Let them say it. You'll have a peace on the inside of you 
that no man will be able to rob from you. And this is a promise that God fulfills. But you've got to wait for it. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And you will begin to move forward in peace. And let me tell you something. When your heart is at peace, when your heart is in hope, when your heart has a silence and a quietness in the midst of a storm, no matter how long the promise takes. Because you know what? Peace, it outweighs a promise. It outweighs a promise. You know, there have been moments where I've just been with the Holy Spirit, just prayed. I'll take that over anything that anyone would offer me. His peace, His promise is everything. His hope, His love. That connection, that communion with God. You can do anything with that. You can do anything. Now, I think... Mums, in the difficulties of being a mother... I know that there must be so much riding on you. There must be so much depending on you. But there is a special portion of peace for you as you choose Him day by day. And maybe some of the things that you're hoping for haven't happened yet. Maybe they're going to take some time. I don't know what your situation is, but let me know. Let me tell you something. There is a promise of peace for you. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.